Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky in our San Francisco studios where the Warriors, they lose in New Orleans to the Pelicans. 108-100, that is the final score. The Warriors have dropped seven in a row as they are now 2-12 and on the season. Still an NBA worst. Uh, the Pelicans... The Warriors were, they held them down shooting overall under 42% for the game, but that was negated, Matt Kolsky, by the fact that the Pelicans hit 18 three pointers on the night. The Warriors hit just seven uh, in a game that nine players played for each team, a total of 18 and injuries to high level talent everywhere. The Warriors fought hard from down 17 in the second half. It was one of those games that. Every time it looked like it was going to turn into a blowout, the Warriors would have a run, but then it never really felt like the Warriors were totally in the game either coming down the stretch. Yeah, I, you just described it perfectly. They they didn't let New Orleans turn it into a complete blowout, but it never really felt like this was a game that the Warriors were threatening to win, which, boy, we definitely thought they could, and and maybe more importantly... Boy, you better you better play your butt off Tuesday in Memphis because it gets real tough after that on this road trip. And that seven-game losing streak could be 11 or 10, rather, uh, before, before you know what hit you. The Warriors made a lineup change, and it was a surprising one it was. to the two of us. Yeah. We were thinking, all right, well, what are the Warriors going to do with D'Angelo Russell now out? How do you mitigate the loss of him? And, and we assumed, well, Kai Bowman's going into the starting lineup, and you're going to start the, the same guys that, that went the other night in you know the what, new though? look group. We were kind of onto it. We just didn't follow through because we both suggested, who's your backup point guard? Well, it's probably Draymond Green. He's your second-best offense initiator. And what we should have figured was, well, just have him do it for the starters then and bring Kai Bowman off the bench to be the reserve point guard. And that might be the part of the game that actually worked tonight, although it did not work for Alec Burks's shooting percentage. Uh, they, by doing that, I think it boosted their defense. I think Burks had a chance to get some looks early, and Bowman was really good off the bench. It's just Burks was two for 13, and decent defense against the Pelicans turned out not to be enough because the Warrior offense really was just no good tonight. 888 It's John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts on this one, the Dubs drop their seventh consecutive game and fall now to 2-12 and on the season. Pelicans get the win 108-100 as New Orleans improves to 4-9. and Another real good night for Eric Paschal. We, we both... Uh, thought hey this is a night where pascal's gonna have to be the leading scorer he's gonna have to try and take as many shots as possible i don't think he took as many shots as he could have he did lead the team with 17 shots he goes for 30 points 
knocked down a couple of threes. Uh, but in addition to uh, the Warriors getting outscored pretty badly from the three-point line, the Warriors really didn't have a an efficient secondary score throughout the ball game. Glenn Robinson had 14, Kai Bowman 19 uh, off the bench. He was probably the next closest thing, shot 50%. Bowman was pretty good. Here's the problem to me. Draymond Green, Alec Burks, and Jordan Poole, a combined four for for 30. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. Four for 30. I mean, that's atrocious. That's like 15% from the field, if that, for three guys, one of whom certainly was going to have to do some scoring tonight if the Warriors wanted to win. That's just... And I got to be honest with you, you watch it and it it doesn't feel like the Pelicans just put it on those guys. It felt like a lot of makeable shots got missed tonight. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Alec Burks had been playing excellent. Might have been due for one of these. And, and he might have been due for one. And, and it also, it the narrative changes each and every game, right? Uh, you know, Alec Burks in some ways had been found money for this Warriors team, right? You know, you've got D'Angelo Russell doing his thing and Russell has to go out of the game the other night against Boston. And all of a sudden Burks is in the game, normal rotation, normal flow, you know, coming off the bench and he's able to get going as he has in, you know, some recent ball games tonight. It's almost like you started having to expect Alec Burks to do it. If the Warriors were going to be competitive and, and Alec Burks, he he came back down to earth a little bit tonight. Yeah, yep. And, and uh, unfortunately, that's the reality of playing this way. When you need Alec Burks to be your number two or number one scorer, you're you're just it's not going to happen some nights. And I think that's look tonight is is unfortunately probably more typical than than we expected it to be. Right? I mean, we thought. You get a weird matchup where the other team is nearly as injured as you are, and maybe this is a chance to steal one. But the degree to which J.J. Redick and Drew Holiday were just sort of a level up from everybody else on the floor was apparent early, with all due respect, and maybe with the exception of Eric Paschal, who who was really good. There's just a level. I mean, Redick showed you in the first quarter, like, I'm – the veteran NBA player on the floor tonight. Watch me. And I think that's the sort of thing that really stands out because this is not just a beat-up group in the Warriors. It's it's those guys they lost are not just their best players. They're also their most experienced players. And the effect is pretty dramatic. Yeah, we were trying to figure out who was going to play and who wasn't going to play right. before this one. And it looked initially like Redick maybe wasn't going to play. And then he was among those that were going to play. And Brandon Ingram maybe was going to play too. But the one thing we knew going into this thing regardless was that Drew Holiday was probably going to be the best player hands down going into the game that would be on the court. When Redick ad, you know, jumped in, uh, yeah, you could make a case that Pascal had a better game than Redick. But Redick has been around the block and, and helped – you know, win playoff games against the Warriors in the past. And he's basically the difference in their three-point shooting. I mean, six for 11 from three is is a heck of a game. Yeah, and, and Walker Alexander knocked down five. Yep. Melly knocked down five. I mean, it seemed like any time the Warriors wanted to drive right by Niccolo, uh, Niccolo Melly, they could. But then on the other end, he, he it was like you were trading – 
twos for threes. Yep. And that math wasn't working out really for the Warriors, even though they were using the fact that he's not exactly a great defensive player against him and against the Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, again, that comes down to just if this was a better jump shooting night for the Warriors, maybe that's that that's more of a difference maker in their favor. But when you got guys missing a lot of decent looks, you're just a, look, the margin for error is small enough for these Warriors that you can't shoot 40% from the field and 28 from three point line against anybody and expect to win. You just can't. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search, John Dickinson and Matt Kolsky. Pelicans win it tonight, one oh eight one hundred, sending the Warriors to their seventh consecutive loss. Still three games to go on this road trip for the dubs as they will be in Memphis on Tuesday, Dallas on Wednesday, and then Utah uh, in Salt Lake City on Friday before the Warriors are going to be back home. On Monday, they'll take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You did have to like the Warriors' fight in the ball game yeah. tonight, uh, a game that they did not lead in at any point. Uh, they got down 17 in the third quarter, and the Warriors immediately went on a run and, and actually got it as close as three at one point from 17 down, but a night where you just never thought the Warriors – had enough to get over the hump and the Pelicans had every possible answer. Yeah. And I think this is, this is more or less what you expect when literally you come down the floor, you talk about getting within three, right? And, and almost every team in the NBA after a long comeback, getting within the smallest number of points has an idea of what they want to do to close that last gap. And this Warriors team just doesn't have that with D'Angelo Russell also out. There's just not not a play, not a set, not a player other than a second-round rookie that is sort of the guy at at the biggest times of the game. And, and I think we're learning what that looks like, and it's, this is what that looks like. You get it within three, and you don't know what to do to close. But I do think even a loss like this is valuable for all those guys to understand what it's like in those close games when you burn all your energy fighting back from 17 to get it within three and and you need to find something else to get you the rest of the way. I, I mean, these are all learning experiences. And if we want to look at the, <laughs> something positive about the way the team looks on a night like tonight, I think it's all about the idea of what were the Clippers in years past. Now, I know the last year's Clippers were much better than this year's Warriors, but what were the Nets in the last few years? Teams that, yes, part of it is those teams developed young talent that they could drop a star into, and, and that doesn't exactly exist here. But that's a big part of it, though. That's a big part of where but keep in mind, those comparisons kind of, and, and I'm going to hear you out on it, and, yeah. and I want to hear you out on it, but that that's a part where those comparisons kind of start and quickly stop for well, but me. This is my point. Those comparisons are how do we build a team that we can attract a superstar to come sign into? Here's a situation where at least two superstars are just going to be automatically dropped back in. That's going to be a huge influx of talent. And I do think... Look, if we're if we're adding two or three stars 
the eight or nine guys we saw on the floor tonight, like a subset of five of them make a pretty decent next group. And if you supplemented that with, say, a mid-level exception veteran and whatever you can get in the D'Angelo Russell trade, or just for the sake of argument, like you can create the foundation of a team that plays you the way you want to play, that learns conceptually what you want to do defensively. You know, that stuff can be established. And if through the losing, Jordan Poole eventually finds his shot and Eric Pascoe continues to establish himself, all of a sudden that's a pretty nice top eight or nine heading into next year. So, so a game like this has to be looked at in the way of how does this help us get to a good team in 2020? Yeah, and, and look, Pascal becoming a player that can get his is a great thing. Beyond that, you know, I, I like Kai Bowman's game tonight as much as anybody, but ultimately I, I still – what is Kai Bowman really? A, an 11th to 15th man on a right. good team, on a championship Kai caliber not, team? He's not probably one of Quinn, the guys He's probably me. Quinn Cook, right? Uh, you know, yeah. not, not not specifically Different in terms type of skill of player, set, but, but yes, same type of role. Could be I an think, NBA player. Could be a good you know yep. a good backup NBA player. I think Marquise Chris is showing you he could be a part of a playoff team, and and it's to me the guys I'm really interested in are Chris and Spellman, and to me that's essentially a, a competition for the backup big spot next year that's going to be going on throughout the course of this year, and then what. Can we see development-wise from Jordan Poole and when they come back, Jacob Evans and Alan Smilagich? Like, those are guys, because you're right. Kai Bowman, I mean, I think the ceiling on Kai Bowman is 10th man. And and that's yeah. good for him. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah. And and I, I would say we more or less know what Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson and Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, those are guys that you could take or leave, maybe depending upon they might have their role. status exactly. as well. But you know what they are. It, it, they might want to go elsewhere. Another team might offer something more for them. Like they have their own kind of totally business decisions that need to be made that may or may not fit into what the Warriors are trying to do. But Spellman, Chris, Pascal, Poole, I want to watch what they're able to add all season long, especially, I mean, look, Poole just has to find the shot at some point. But Chris, as he looks more comfortable, looks more active defensively, looks like a guy who has a much higher basketball IQ than he was probably given credit for in Phoenix and Houston. And, I mean, a couple block shots tonight, I want to say. I'm not looking at the box score closely enough. They only gave him one, but I thought he might have had two. And... I thought competed hard, not to mention the dunk. So that's a guy I, I think he's someone who, if you're a Warriors fan, you can watch the little things with Marquise Chris and maybe see them sort of discover something off the street. Let's go to Rich in Los Gatos. Rich joins us here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Rich, you're on with J.D. and Kolsky. Hey, guys, thanks for letting me on. Last time you said I don't know anything about the NBA, so I'm going to try harder this time. Um, but, um, I think I think that uh, Pascal is really positive, and uh, I think I like that you guys are saying that because I think a guy like him who's been a stud his whole life, if you know all the guys were here, he wouldn't be getting this opportunity, and he might not be able to. You know, some people are better, I think, in the spotlight. Some of these guys, and that never gets talked about. At least I never hear it. You know, as opposed to being a role player, so that'll give him a chance to shine. And other than that, you know. I said for a long time, I think I could have coached it with Durant and Steph and Clay, but and that's when you can have a luxury like Draymond. And I'm not going to get all over, all over him and ugly, but just basically 
to me, a guy that can't score in 2019, you know, you, there's beasts all over the NBA. You know, Andre Drummond, these guys were so good a few years ago, but no thank you. So Pascal, you know, Draymond better step it up. Or I don't know if he's trying to not get traded, you know, trying to tank it. I don't know what's going on, but it's so frustrating because you see in the playoffs, he's cannon threes, he's dishing it. So I don't know what's going on. I don't get all over him, but anyway, that's all I got. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate the call. I, I think, look, and, and I, I do not mean this to be a knock on Draymond Green, but Draymond Green's a better player when he's playing around other great players. Yeah, I don't think that's a knock. I think that's obvious. I mean, now he's he's kind of the same guy, only the he's expectation the is you got to score more, and there's more lapses defensively. He doesn't have the, the same help defensively, so there's more mistakes, yeah. so he can't make the impact in terms and of force and stops. Let me just – let me just was it Rich? Is Rich the, Rich the caller's name? Yes. I'm not going to insult Rich like I apparently did last time he called, but I, I, I would just point this out. In the last two – playoffs so two seasons of playoffs 43 basketball games Draymond Green made 34 of his 136 three-point attempts for a round 25 percent so no I'm afraid Rich he never made threes in the playoffs (laughs) not since 2017 anyway yeah and and he's just he's the same guy I hate to tell you, he's the same guy. You just expect more scoring now for some reason because the Warriors aren't going to get isn't it. Doing it right, but that's not how it works. He's the same. He has the same scoring ability and probably less opportunity because there's less people to take away attention from him. I just, you just need to accept that you're not getting the All Star version of Draymond Green when there aren't guys around him to score the basketball because that's what he does. He helps other people score and he, he's great on defense tonight. There was, there was one possession where he made like three stops on his own, essentially before the Warriors could get the rebound. And he continues to compete hard. He continues to look for guys, but his assists are down because those guys don't make their shots as much. And his shooting percentages are down because there's more attention being paid to him offensively. Let's keep it moving with Scott in San Francisco. Scott is up next here. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Hey, Scott, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. If the Warriors get the first overall pick, do you trade that pick and get used to, to come into the team? Uh, or or do, you, do you use the pick and get used to come into the team? Like, Do you guys actually like think it's better for the team to trade it or to, to take it and, and inject that that like first overall pick to the Warriors for the future. I'll take your uh, comments off the air. Remains to be seen which course. I wouldn't trade it, though, unless you're trading it for a star in his prime. That, that's the scenario right now that I'd be open to. You're trading, him for Carl, you're trading that pick for Carl Anthony Towns. You're trading that pick yeah, for, I would say for Giannis, even. pipe dream, I know, but it's something along those lines, a guy that you're going to plop right in the middle of Curry and Clay and Draymond as another star that gives you kind of what you had when Durant was around four legitimate all-star players, and I then think, I'm open-minded to it. Yeah, I think you just said the only two stars I'd do it for. Okay. Unless there's another, well, Luca. Okay. Yeah, but it it's got to be twenty four or younger for me to trade that top overall pick. See, I might go a little higher in age than than you, yeah. but but the twenty six if it's Anthony Davis. But who? I, I'm not sure who else. I wouldn't do it for Kawhi. 
as great as Kawhi is with a bum leg uh, turning 29 at the end of the year, I, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Probably not now. Yeah, or not a year from now. Or right, exactly. Because we you're nine talking about the off now. season, right? Sure. So, I think you know it, it's got to be a young superstar to trade the number one overall pick. So I don't. I'm with you. I don't think you do that. If you get the number one overall pick, I think you, you're certainly probably trying to trade D'Angelo Russell, and that's another way to get multiple assets, maybe some veteran help, and then you go to war with. Steph, Clay, Dre, a number one pick, and whatever else you can get for that Russell deal. I, I think that's that. That sounds pretty good to me, to be honest with you. And hopefully, that number one pick is Wiseman because he looks like exactly what the Warriors need. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Look, as long as the Warriors have the worst record in the NBA, which they currently do at two and twelve, it's fair to talk about a top five draft pick because yeah. their draft pick today would be no worse than fifth it is yeah, literally i mean okay let's just let's be totally honest right now I, I know but people get carried away sometimes with well what if it's one and like we don't know it's going to be one but we know no, no. it won't be worse than fifth it, as of now right and and just for it to not be guaranteed fifth at the worst or at the worst right they'd have to fall out of the worst four records wouldn't they they well, the way the lottery works now, if you're the worst team, because they they pick four oh, no, teams right, out of the, the hat now. The, so if you're fourth worst, you actually could fall all the way to ninth. The, or I eighth, mean, technically, rather. yes, okay. yes, but it would take it would take multiple teams with lesser odds right. moving. It would ahead. take terrible, terrible luck. I mean, so, the, mo- most likely, if you're the fourth worst, you might you might maybe two teams pass you. Right. I mean, you're but you're still in the six ish range. Exactly. So so here's the thing. And I, the only reason I say it that way, for those who don't know, is they flattened the lottery odds. So the four worst teams have the equal odds. Yeah, it's actually I, – I just looked this up yesterday, and I, I've been misspeaking oh, on it. it. The three it's worst? actually the three worst. Okay. All have a 14% So I should have said bottom three. But right now, I mean, it's that Pelicans team that was nearly as beat up as the Warriors, in fact, arguably more, and still took care of you tonight. The Spurs are the next – I mean, Spurs, Blazers, Grizzlies – are tied for the next worst record in the Western Conference. There's just the Warriors right now are so far and away the worst team in the West. I think they may dig a hole big enough that Steph Curry can't get them out of it in terms of last place in the West. If you look at the East, I'll give you the Knicks and the Wizards might be worse, but I don't think anybody else is. They're one of the three worst teams. I mean, that's just a fact right now. I think. Well, and I mean, yeah, the Pelicans figure that to get better, and the Pelicans are four and nine now. Yeah. Uh, San Antonio and Portland, to your point, still <laughs> believe they're going to be playoff teams. Exactly. When it's Grizzlies, all said and done, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies and Kings, as much as they've struggled, they clearly are better teams than the Warriors. No doubt. Right I mean, they. Have, I mean, they. Yeah. W- without just a, a doubt. ton more talent. I mean, yeah, just. Morant, I mean the the yeah alone and and, and then they and got the, Jackson too. Not yeah. to mention a bunch of other interesting. So they pieces. have some young pieces, and, and Sacramento definitely has young pieces. Although a couple of them are playing now, but they're they're deep too. The so. one, the one. I mean, the Knicks are terrible. So the Knicks are on their level, and the Wizards have looked better than people expected, to be honest. But that's a pretty bad roster. The team that everyone expected to be terrible is the Charlotte Hornets, and they actually look pretty good. So there just are not that many bad teams. And with all these injuries, the Warriors roster has dropped to a point where it's pretty clearly bottom three in the league. 
this current group, without a doubt, is. Uh, even with D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I look at the Pistons, the Bulls, the Hawks, the Cavs. I don't love those teams. Well, and again, you're, you're talking about a Warriors team that was built to have, you know, there are there is less in other places because of who they have exactly. that isn't able to play. Exactly. All those mediocre Eastern Conference teams have three, four guys on the D'Angelo Russell level almost, right? I mean, there, there's just not there's not another team in the NBA with the possible exception of the Knicks that has one all-star and a bunch of 22 to 23-year-old low draft picks. Uh, all right, well, let's get one here before uh, we take a, a quick timeout. Uh, let's go to Diego and Chico. Diego, Diego is up next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Diego. Hey, guys. Good night. I just want to talk about uh, in a night like tonight, like Pascal goes for 30. I've been hearing a lot of hype around his name, but I was wondering what do you guys think, what type of player he'll be after Clay, Steph, and D'Lo, let's say, come, like, they come back to the team. What type of player do you think he'll be for the squad? Thanks, Diego. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I think offensively you're going to be looking at more of a garbage man, right? A guy who cleans up some offensive rebounds and puts him back. A guy who, when the ball gets rotated three times because Steph is doubled and Clay gets a tough closeout, Eric Paschal finds himself wide open with a driving lane. So I think you're talking about a 12 to 15 point scorer in the best of circumstances, but a guy who plays hard all the time and makes athletic plays all the time. I think he's going to be a valuable piece. I think he's going to need to more consistently knock down the three point shot, which is something that I think he can do, but his game will get placed more in a box with the star players around him moving forward. Although let's be But serious. it's been a good sign, the skill set that he showed off. He's honestly showed me a skill set that I think can kind of fit anywhere. Exactly. And D'Angelo Russell being here or not, like there's a lot of shots to pick up from last year. And I think we've seen Draymond's not the guy to do it. You're not super excited about giving him to Glenn Robinson or Willie Cauley-Stein or Jordan Poole. Like, even if Steph and D'Lo and Clay are all here, I think then Eric Pasco is the guy who gets the fourth most shots on, on a normal night, right? I mean, that and that's still a decent NBA offensive role. That's not nothing. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, Kevin, Josiah, Robin, you guys are all coming up next. It's uh, J.D. and Kolsky, Warriors wrap-up, 95-7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 The Game. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, and you at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors drop their seventh in a row tonight as uh, the shorthanded dubs fall to the shorthanded Pelicans, 108-100, the final score. Uh, let's uh, keep it moving on the phone lines here, Matt. We are right. also going to hear from Eric Paschal and Draymond Green between now and 8 o'clock when we get out of here. Uh, Kevin in Napa is next here. Kevin, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, 
just a couple of things. One, it doesn't Iguodala's salary come off the cap next year or come off their, their books next year? They get year? a trade exception. Um, yeah, his salary's already his salary's gone. gone. Yeah, they they had to they had to attach you know, his salary to a pick to to move it to get under the hard cap. So his salary's gone. They do have a trade exception, which covers the difference between uh, you know his contract and and the value of the pick that they that they gave to Memphis, as which well. essentially allows them to trade nothing for something yes. later on. Yeah, potentially. They, yeah, exactly. So I mean, is that is that? I know they've been restricted this year with cap movement, but they have the mid level next year, and they'll have his. They'll have some room because of his salary, or is that not not so? Not room, but not room as in under the salary cap. Room can go out and sign any player, but room in that they can make a trade with another team uh, and take back a player making you know sixteen, seventeen million dollars. Uh, without having to send anything the other way. Got it. Oh, well, that's okay. All right, cool. Uh, anyway, love the show. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on. Cheers. You got it. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's not. Hey, you have seventeen million to spend on anybody you want. You do have to consummate some kind of a trade with another team. But you can you can be ordinarily you can't be a team that receives essentially a salary dump. Unless you have open cap space. So it allows them to do that. Yeah. You, there could be a $16 million player that another team just wants out on because they want to, because getting out from underneath that player might move them 30 exactly. or $40 million under the cap or they're just rebuilding or whatever. They they are having financial troubles and don't want to pay it Bingo. at the ownership level. Whatever it is, it gives the Warriors a means to take on a player, as you said, for nothing. And... If you used it in conjunction with another trade, say, probably wouldn't be, but say D'Angelo Russell, you'd be able to trade him for guys making $16 million more than him instead of having to match salaries. So it could be used if there's a team with maybe a few overpaid guys that would rather have just D'Angelo Russell. You could take on some extra salary. There's ways they can use it creatively to help next year's team. Let's go to uh, Josiah. Josiah, you are on uh, 95.7 The Game. How are you? Hey, we're great, man. We're out here on the 880. I just want to say I'm loving Chase Center uh, real quick. I'm loving the pedicabs. That's the best way to get there from Lotte, uh, Terry Francois Road. That's nice. the way we like to do it. Beautiful. Um, and, yeah, regarding the tank, man, the tank is beautiful. I think we're going to land Wiseman. My concern is how's he going to fit in with this lineup? I think he'd be a perfect fit. Thanks for the call. I think he'd be a perfect fit. And, and this lineup, meaning – not not Kai Bowman, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson the third, Eric Paschal, and Willie Cauley Stein. It's this lineup meaning Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, whoever the Warriors figure out to be their three man. Uh, I think it's somebody not currently on their roster. Or Eric Paschal. Uh yeah, I don't I don't see that one. I, I'm not there yet. No? I, I, I no because you don't see him as a starting three. I just because you don't see a, him as a three at all. I don't I don't see him as a starting three for sure. I think he's a, a guy that can play three in stretches. I think he's really ultimately a four. I think you're right. Uh, or a four or a four five. But like I think you could play him and Draymond together there. At and the four a, five, yes, not at the three four. At the four five. See, cause so here's what I'm thinking. If you played <laughs> how how upset would you be if your starting lineup next year 
was Steph, Clay, Pascal, Draymond, Wiseman. I wouldn't think I have enough at the three. No, because to me, Pascal can give you some offense at the three. In fact, he might be able to take advantage of some matchups. And both Pascal and uh, Draymond should be able to defend threes all year. That shouldn't be an issue. Pascal's got to show me more that he can defend threes. Okay. I mean, Draymond. I don't. I'm not saying he can't. I just. I don't think we've seen nearly enough that that says Pascal can guard threes. Between the two of them, and under a team defensive concept, I think it's fair to say the Warriors could figure out a means to get by. I, but I don't think them at the four five is is something you could do for long stretches. No, that no. I I, but I also don't think him playing the three is something you could do. So for maybe long really you're looking at a guy who can come four. off the bench, play the four, and yeah. then mix it up and slide into a few minutes at the three and the five here and there. That's and, and, where and, I would want him exactly. Where yeah, I, that, yeah. and and to answer the caller's question. Yeah, Wiseman is the ideal fit with the roster that they have in theory. There's also a number of scoring guards that could be fits as maybe sixth men. Uh huh. And, and I don't hate the idea of. I mean, if you're talking to, is it Cole Anthony? Is that yeah. his name? If you're talking Cole Anthony, who I believe is 18 years old right now, uh, I'm sorry, 19, but won't turn 20 until May. This is a a six three combo guard who could be your sixth man for three years and then maybe ease into a Steph Curry replacement as time goes on. Like that's not the worst thing. But if you're trying to maximize the championship window of the superstars you already have under contract, I think it's the big that you need more than anything. You know, I failed to mention the and it it's so funny how how quickly dismissive I am of this. But I just don't mention D'Angelo Russell when we start talking about next year's plans. It's hard to picture. It, it's just hard. I, I just inherently do it now, though. It's like, yeah. But I mean, I think that's right. I, I, I would still love to see what it looks like when Steph gets back, more defensively than offensively. I, I, what we watched for the first three games or whatever it was. I was never worried they wouldn't figure it out offensively. I was worried it wouldn't matter because the defense would be so bad. And I haven't necessarily seen anything to dissuade me of that since Steph Curry went down. And that just makes it hard to project. Like, are you really willing to start Russell Curry and Thompson at the three guard wing positions? I don't think you I don't think you can. I, I don't think you can either. Yeah, and and if that means Russell, and if that means Russell becomes a bench player, and then you draft one of those guards, if you keep your pick in the top five, well, then you're redundant there too, and then you're really going to need to trade Russell for whoever your right. three man is going to be. Because I mean, but then that, I love Pascal as my four, and Looney in my mix is my bigs, and uh-huh. like it, you can very quickly through four or five steps build a really nice 2020 2021 roster for the Warriors if you. Bring in a lottery pick, top five, I think, is a, is not crazy to suggest. And you, in your head, turn D'Angelo Russell into two or three pieces to actually add some depth. Yeah. Why are they not right back in it? It, it, it is pretty easy to do. That's one of the things that makes this year so weird, is it, it's sort of a weird holding pattern. Robin in San Francisco, you're next. Hey, Robin. Hi, you guys. I'd like to first... Um acknowledge your ability to uh, keep it interesting in a not-so-interesting and confusing season. 
Thanks, Robin. Journalists are, are now. Uh, I know it's got to be hard. Here's here's um, three things I want to say. Um, I kind of disagree with people about Draymond. You have to have the stars around him. I think if you put him on a team that has just a little bit more talent, say, for instance, this could be a wrong example, but like last year's Kings, I think he could definitely elevate that type of team. Um, so I think that's kind of unfair to Draymond. Um, the second thing I want to say is um, the Warriors, okay? Like, who's not going to be there in the future. I heard you guys once say Burks, maybe Spellman and not Robinson. What is it other than looking at the development as a fan I should be looking at, guys? Because I didn't catch all the game after the Niners game I turned it on. I'm totally confused. It looks like a pickup game. I don't see anybody playing together, at least trying to play together. Um, is it too early in the season for that? Is it too young for that? And also, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at other than development. I see no type of cohesive going on here, and it's driving me nuts. I, I, and the third thing I want to say is to that caller who said he could have coached KD, Dre, Curry, and Clay. I beg to differ, because just like it's hard to to coach this team of young talents who don't have it, it is at the under end of the spectrum that it's harder to even coach those superstars who won who lost games against the Suns and everything, too. So even though it looks like polar opposites, they have more in common than what people think, and that's all I have to say. Thanks, Robin. Uh, we'll throw we'll, – We'll give Robin the last word on the last one, and let let you know what. Let's go ahead and, and burn a quick timeout, and we'll come back and we'll react to the I other got two things. To her first two, Draymond's questions. fit and why it doesn't look cohesive right now. We'll do that coming up. We also have your call of the game coming up as well. It's Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. All right, call the game coming up momentarily, but we want to touch on Robin's points. Uh, She asked a couple of questions. One, just she took exception to uh, an earlier caller and even something maybe that I had said about, well, you know, Draymond, you don't get the best of Draymond unless he's playing with, you know, other great players. She mentioned last year's Sacramento. I mean, I think – that's still a talented enough team to where I think Draymond Green could have helped a team we like that a ton. Have, I, 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 so I, I should maybe – Here's what I wrote yeah. down. Not stars. Finishers. Yeah. Or just, just good needs. There's a difference between – there's a difference between the stars and a team like Sacramento last year and the team that the Warriors are playing with now. That's right. Like that's the – It's multiple levels down. Multiple yes. levels down. And, and and Robin's right. It was unfair to say he has to be around stars. He has to be around better talent, and he has to be around finishers because that's the one thing Draymond Green doesn't do at a really high level is score. It's the only thing. And so you need scorers around him, and they just don't have that. I mean – even if we called Eric Pascal a scorer and Alec Burks a scorer, that's definitely it. it. It's just there's not a lot for Draymond to work with now. So it, we we were not taking shots at all. No, I know you like Draymond. I love Draymond. It's just this is this is really sort of the worst environment for him to be in from a how effective are his skills standpoint. And why does it not look cohesive? I'll let you. 
oh, you can have that one. Well, I think Robin more or less answered her own question on that. She said, is it that they're too young? Is it that they haven't been together long enough? And, yeah, it's both. I mean, it's those two things, and it's the fact that the other team has more talent than they do most nights. Those three things are going to make it look disconnected. But I do think she was a little harsh. I mean, I think there are times when they move the ball well. There are times when they they seem to defend well as a team. I mean, tonight was not a terrible defensive performance, given that you got nine guys and four of them are bigs. No, they just let J.J. Redick get hot from three. and the, I mean, really, it was the three-point yeah. shooting. Was the, I mean, it exactly. was a good defensive performance, other than the fact they made 18 threes. Right. And, and which... They're, the Warriors are not very good right now, you know, and, and cohesiveness is not near the top of my list of issues, I guess is what I would say. All right, let's get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Burks takes it up the floor. Off a screen by Spellman. Burks has room, doesn't shoot. Over to Bowman. Bowman off the pick by Chris. Back to Chris. Down the lane to the rim. Jammed it! Over to Cole Melly with the right hand. Everybody get out of the way. Yeah, monster finish from Marquise Chris there. That's our call of the game. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to Joe Lowe and Dibs at 9.30 a.m. If you can correctly identify the call we just played, you'll win $100. That's right. No winner from Friday night, so the 50 bucks rolls over to tomorrow. $100 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco, the call of the game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. John Dickinson, Matt Kolsky, we're wrapping things up here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Let's go ahead and hear from the man of the evening down in New Orleans, uh, Eric Paschal. He goes for 30 points uh, on 10 of 17 shooting and 7 boards, and he spoke with the media after the game. I feel like a lot of it has to do with my teammates and coaches, just uh, giving me the confidence to go. So I feel like that's all it is. And I feel like I just, I've been belonging in this league, and uh, I just try to continue to prove that. But uh, a lot of that goes to my teammates and coaches and uh, giving me the ability to just go out and play and have fun and uh, do what I got to do. Yeah, sometimes it goes against me, but uh, I mean, it's all good. I mean, everything's not going to go my way all the time, but you just got to keep a good attitude at all times and keep uh, playing the right way and playing hard. What have you thought about what Kyle Bowman's been able to do? Undrafted guy who came in 19 points in the second half. Uh, Kyle's been doing a hell of a job, honestly. I mean, Kyle's just been playing hard, playing, playing his butt off, and uh, bringing a lot of energy. So that's one thing that uh, I really appreciate the Kyle's just making the best of the opportunity, and he's definitely been doing that. Do you feel like with seven straight losses that that's weighing on the team at all as a part to keep that energy up? Um, of course, but... At the end of the day, we're still just playing basketball. I mean, there's a lot of other people that's doing a lot of, a lot of other things that uh, that could be worse. So, I mean, we're still playing basketball, and that we're still competitors. So, we're going to come out with the same energy, keep going to try to win every game. So, at the end of the day, we're going to have a mindset to try to win every game. 
Um, he just did a good job. He's uh, always very vocal, so that's one thing that I see is just uh, the way he way he talks. He has so loud that everybody can hear him, and he can put people in the right spots. I don't know if you remember it, but there was a play. He was in like the opposite post, and he like whipped the ball to you for a three pointer. It was like the ball went through traffic. Did you expect that ball to be in your hands? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I saw I saw he looked for a second and then looked off, and I was like, all right, he's probably gonna throw this. So I was yeah, I was expecting. All right, Dre, uh, Eric Paschal, Andre Magreen, and how vocal he is yeah. on the court. Well, that's, that's not the first time we've heard that. No. If if I knew one thing about Draymond Green, it's that he is extremely vocal at all times. And, and tonight, just another great night for Paschal. Yep. 30 points. He continues to show that he could you know, he could put the ball in the basket, you know what which else? is something this team needs. And I didn't think about this until recently. It, he... Shot the ball 17 times, played nearly 35 minutes, ball in his hands a ton, one turnover. That's a really effective ball-handling game for Eric Paschal. Yeah, he typically isn't sloppy handling it and doesn't make a lot of poor decisions, which which can lead to to turnovers, which is another reason why he kind of fits with any group of players in in any system. All right, that's going to do it for us. I uh, want to thank Alex Scott. want to thank Nash Solomon, uh, Ryan Mouser as well. Uh, for Matt Kolsky, I'm John Dickinson. Uh, the Pelicans beat the Warriors tonight 108-100. We are back on Tuesday before the Warriors take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Kolsky will be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock with Damon and Ratto mm-hmm. as well. So that's going to do it. Warriors lose tonight 108-100, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.